1: that time of year again time to roll out and then get it in cause the sun is outside beaming it's beaming and every day feels like the weekend the
0: weekend you know who it is it's the Mike drop podcast and i am your host delvin cox and with me as always is my brother i am vision say what's up brother
1: What's up y'all? How y'all doing out there in podcast world?
0: Hope everybody's out there good, good, good. Alright, I got a couple of things I wanna talk about. First, let's talk about some current events. Did you hear the comments that Lil Wayne made earlier this week? No, I I did not hear such comment. What what did the little Weezy say? Let me find it for you real quick to go over exactly what he said his interview he made about Black Lives Matter, which oh, wow. my whole thing is this, is getting to the point where, stop asking him about Black Lives Matter. They're doing it intentionally, obviously, because they know what his response is gonna be. The most niggerish, stupidest response you could possibly give, and that's what he keep doing, and that's why they keep going to him for it. But let me get to what he said, okay? Let me read the article off of Pitchfork.com. Lil Wayne recently sat down for a nighttime, a Nightline interview where he dis- distanced himself from the Black Lives Matter mu- movement. He since apologized later. Reported was a he attempted to block the interview from airing. Now I want to find exactly what he find exactly what he was saying.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what I want to know. You do the meeting
0: This is, tell me something. Okay, I'm trying, this is about what T.I. said. I know what T.I. said. T.I. said. Basically, stop making ass out yourself. You, make, you taught us in your legacy.
1: hmm okay, yeah. Okay, let's see. Said T.I. could have said much more. But what did we see FDBC? All right, let me
0: see, that. There are spirits present. Okay, here it is. This is what he said. That just sounds weird. I don't know. That you put a name on it. It's not a name. It's not a whatever, whatever. If somebody got shot by a policeman for a fucked up reason then he said I'm a young black rich motherfucker if that don't let you know that, that America understands black motherfuckers matter these days I don't know what he it what is then he pointed to the camera and said that white man he filming me I'm a nigga then he threw his arms on the frustrated and said y'all don't know what I mean man don't come at me with that dumb shit man my life matter then he looked at the camera and smiled especially to my bitches he winked. And then the journalist asked if he felt he was connected to Black Lives Matter. He responded, I don't feel connected to a damn thing that ain't got nothing to do with me. If you do, you crazy as shit. Not the camera, you. Feel connected to something that ain't got nothing to do with you. If it ain't got nothing to do with you, it ain't got nothing to do with me, and I ain't connected to it. Basically, he said the same thing he was saying Before that he's, earlier, his first comments before was that he don't feel like racism doesn't exist because he's never dealt with it. But the thing that people get on his case about it is the fact that... Yo, yo, yo.
1: If you ever seen um, that behind the music,
0: it is a freaking liar, man. That's what people are getting mad at him about because he's written songs about police brutality and racism. So yo, how are you going to write yo. songs about these the, things?
1: What he needs to stop doing is walking around with that paper cup and that damn lean in it. Because it's leaning his brain on up out of his body. He, that ain't made no damn sense, yo. And uh, that, that ain't made no sense. Yeah. I don't even I don't even know what more to say on him, man.
0: Well, everybody's blasting about it, saying it's the stupidest shit they ever heard. Well, since we already talked about it, let that be our topic. Black Lives Matter yeah.
1: You say Black Lives Matter?
0: Black Lives Matter. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh,
1: OK, what do you got to say about
0: it? <laughs> OK. The movement in the whole, I feel, is a good thing. I just feel that if you're going to say Black Lives Matter, and you're going to put this movement forth, it needs to be Black Lives Matter in a whole. Not when it just comes to police brutality, Not when it just comes to white people shooting black people. When it comes to every aspect of black, When it's black on black. And I think it needs to be more emphasis on that. Every time a black person gets shot by another black person, the same way they act when police police shoot a black person, it's the same way they act when a black person gets shot by another black person.
1: And the sad statistic reality is we kill ourselves faster than anything else.
0: Which is very true. It's very terrible. And I
1: mean, I've seen that growing up here, and it just, in indeed, back when we were younger, how crazy shit was in the 80s and all of that, when the crack era started booming, and you know, all that crap, man, like, the things that we would kill each other over is deplorable, depressing, and shocking all in the same, bro. Yeah.
0: And another thing that bothers me is that the media know, knows how to place its cards, because they don't yeah. never ask people, when they turn to the rappers and black entertainers, they don't never ask people who are knowledgeable in this type of information. They don't go to people like Killer Mike. They don't go to people like Common. They don't go to people like David, Oz, Banner. David Banner. They go to people like Lil Wayne. They go to people who they expect to give ignorant answers. And that's yeah. my, and they, because, and,
1: because then it, it makes us look bad as a whole because for some reason, we're the yeah. only race that's looked bad as a whole.
0: Yes, that's true. That's another thing I also take kind of offense to. Any other race kind of gets the way where, oh, well, not necessarily. Muslims kind of get the same type of flack now, as of lately. Yeah, but see, that's a culture. That's yeah. not
1: a race. Well, Arabs. A race? Okay, then, yeah, people. okay, you can say that. And then I can also say Mexicans. Yes. Um, Certain Asians. You know, it's not saying that only we. Get we that, but we have the biggest stereotype across the board, like globally.
0: And it's a stereotype that's been going on for, quite, quite honestly, forever. Yeah, as long as there have been, been black people, we've been stereotyped as slaves, as rapists, because that's what they used to say black people was back, at, back in the day. Back in slavery time, they said, yo, you can't let, black people are savages, that's why they need be slaves, they're going to rape your women if you let them free. And think, which is which is absurd. Yeah. But these type of stereotypes have been going on for a long time, and our society today, kinda. While it's better than it's ever been before, it's still things that exist that we need to take care of and handle. You,
1: yeah, I agree.
0: You still have the same stereotype where, as a, when a black person is walking down the streets and they have dreads, nine times out of ten, the woman is gonna. Clench your pocketbook a little harder.
1: Yeah, I go through that because I got lots. I go through that stereotype, and then I go through that fascination with it too, yes. by a certain like culture women or whatever. And it's it's funny. It's funny how people can categorize you or stereotypically look at you and really think that that's what you are. Society's like influence or manipulation with the media is like by far one of the most powerful things i've seen in my lifetime and how it can control people to say the things they say or even have views like little wayne do about something so serious like black lives matter like me personally i wish that race never came into the part of it it should have just been all lives matter because we are all we should all be equal. Martin Luther King, Michael Mix, all of them strive for us to be equal. So the fact that it's even being singled out is just like there's no intent of showing unity, which sadly actions warrant that kind of mentality. So, you know, you can't down one side without a fault in the other. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of like a I'm going to hit and miss on this topic because I got different views from a global, a global perspective where black lives matter to me means that's black lives across the globe. You know, what's happening to my brothers and sisters in Africa, what's happening to people, the blacks in Paris and things like that, because it's happening. It's happening everywhere in different, on different levels and of course, you know, different scenarios, but it's happening everywhere. But, you know, it's, I don't know, man, it's hard.
0: It's like I, I think said he could have po- said what
1: he said better, though. That is damn sure, for sure. Like, he could have.
0: But. Nah. Like I said on this podcast before, people generally look at things that's happening directly to them. That's how they take damn. things, that's how they look at things. People don't worry about problems overseas when they find they got problems in the U.S., And that's how, unfortunately, that's how it is. You should look at places like Haiti and the things that's going on in Africa and say, damn, what can we do about this? But people are so narrow-minded, they don't really care about those situations until something tragic happens and it's all on social media. (laughs) That's how things work now. Then they get mad for a day. Then they forget about it the next day.
1: Oh, yeah, man. You be saying that on Twitter, too. Happens all the
0: time. er Something happens in Paris. Everybody saying, pray for Paris. Pray for him. Ain't, ain't nobody
1: donating a damn thing. Exactly. <laughs> and they just donating time to, to do the BS prayer.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then 24 hours later, they jump onto the next hot thing. I think Twitter is a good thing in the yeah, sense of Twitter. it gets people aware of things running. that's happening. And it lets you know, hey, this is going on. But it's also a bad thing in the sense where you get a lot of armchair quarterbacks from people sitting there and Get behind the cars and they don't really get behind the cause.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I got
0: you. Have you ever seen um, what's the name of the movie, The Green Inferno? It's a uh, mm. Eli Roth movie.
1: I've seen it, but I can't recall most, no scenes from it.
0: It's essentially about what we're talking about in the sense where it's about a group of a, a group of. I guess they're like. College students and stuff like that. They go, they're going to like this native country. They're going to help these what they call poor citizens, like this tribal group, and they're bringing them food and medical supplies and stuff like that. But they're not doing it to actually help the tribe. They're doing it like for the social media likes and stuff like that, just to be saying they did it.
1: Yeah.
0: So what happens is, this is an Eli Roth movie, so you know it's gonna turn up fucked up. What happens is. <laughs> They go help, they go to help this tribe, kind of find out in the tribe is a group of cannibals. So the tribe basically captures them and starts killing them what, and um, them. what year was this? This was recent. This was 2014, 2013, something like that. Hmm, I don't think that's all
1: that
0: one.
1: All right, but go ahead.
0: But it's interesting because the whole plot is based off of these teens. They're like college students doing these, just trying to call themselves, oh, we're going to do something better for the community by helping these people in other country. But they're not really doing it for them, they're doing it for themselves so they can get a social media presence. Yeah, and that's kind of what our society is based off of today. A lot of people do things to say, oh, we're doing Man, good, yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, that's what um, social media has become more of, man. It's more of a "hey, pay attention to me" thing.
0: Yes. But as far as the Black Lives Matter thing goes, like I said before, it's one of those things where we gotta. If you wanna, if you wanna see change, you have to make change happen. Protesting yeah. the thing is fine and all that dandy and stuff like that. But you really have to make moves. You can't just sit there and say, oh, we're going to protest every time a black person gets shot. You have to do more than that.
1: Well, see, like um, something that, um, well, we'll talk about that on another show, because there's some things that's being put in place to make sure that there's more things done than uh, um, protesting. But, like I said, we'll get more in-depth on that uh, on another show when uh, we're able to talk more in-depth about that. Because, like I said, it's being put into work, so I don't want to speak prematurely, but I won't be the one to talk on the topic on that. But, uh, yeah, there's got to be other things put in place beside that, because you got to think what your predecessors have already done you can't continue to do and think it will be effective. It was effective in that time and era, so there's time for another type of action. You know, so. At least that's how I feel on that topic.
0: Cool. I, think I don't we know. Said, what do you think? I think we said enough on that topic.
1: <laughs>
0: we, Why? we pretty much said what we needed to say. There's not much to talk about with it. Fortunately that's for it. us, I have more topics in my head.
1: Alright,
0: what's up? Alright, did you hear what happened this week to Curtis Blow? Nah,
1: man. He had a heart attack. I worked like two two jobs.
0: He had a heart attack this week. First and foremost, I want to send out my best wishes to Curtis Blow. He's a legend and honestly speaking, he was my first introduction to hip-hop. Because my first hip-hop movie, first movie, one of the first movies I ever watched was uh, Crush Groove. And as you know, he was a big part of Crush Groove. And I used to watch it all the time. I remember that, I think we recorded it on TV, on a beta. I used to watch that movie over and over again, listening to this guy rap. Whereas people kind of give Curtis Blow flat, like, oh, what he was saying wasn't nothing. But it was the start of hip hop. He was really he's really the first hip hop star. Cause you know
1: he Well, fun aside guy. from what happened with his heart attack, like um what what's he did they talk about anything he's been doing like lately, as of late?
0: I think he's a pastor, if I'm correct? Or a minister?
1: Wow, that's nice. Yeah. That's good. That's cool. When did this
0: happen? I think it was Friday, this past week. Wow. Mm. But you know, it's kind of sad to see our legends end up with situations that they end up in, die so young.
1: Yeah, like when Guru passed, that kind of messed with me.
0: Yeah, that messed with me a lot. too. I was just listening to Gangstar this week. and Yeah, man. My problem with hip-hop right now is the fact that we don't celebrate our legends when they're alive, point blank.
1: Yeah the, younger, yeah.
0: the younger generation does not have time for our legends at all. You got oh, guys man. like.
1: Look, at work today you said that. So we was talking about music. Um, And I keep forgetting how old I am. <laughs> 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 so uh, that's not funny. <laughs> Listen, I'm the talking same age. Because we were talking about the military. Because one of them wanted to go in the military or whatever. So then we started talking about music. And uh, I don't know who they said is a deep lyricist to them today. I think one of them said it was Khalifa. And I was like, man, have you ever listened to Tupac? And the boy was like, who is that? And I looked at him like, are you serious? Yeah, I can see <laughs> and it. And I had to remember that this generation is it's a trendy generation when it comes to music. And um, the, things that, the things that moved them. That's not necessarily what moved us. And it's not taking away from the creativity of the art. Like, a lot of these cats are good at what they do. And Wiz has some good music and stuff like that. But when I listen to a lot of these cats talk music, and they talk like they're so in-depth with music, and then I bring up artists like, I'll say, Biggie Smalls, and they be looking at me like, who
0: is that? And I'm like, how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> you a 90s child and you don't know who that is? <laughs> See, my problem <laughs> so, with the whole thing is the fact that when you look at any other genre, when artists get older, they are celebrated. The Rolling Stones are still going on tour. Yeah. Metallica, yeah. ACDC. Even if you look at 90s band, Green Day. These Sound older groups, Song of Garden, they're still going on tour. People still celebrate these groups. But when it comes to hip-hop, once our rappers get to a certain age, we just put them out in the pasture to die. We like, fuck them. This dude's whack. And I don't think it should really be like that. Hip-hop is the only art form that I see personally where when our rappers get a certain age, we're like, move aside, old man. We don't want to hear your shit no more. Yeah. Why we agree. can't have artists like KRS-One, well, even though he still does it, Rakim, Eric B, still going on tours and stuff like that, still selling out shows, doing that hit, still making quality music? Cause hip hop is something that, me having the experience I have with rap, you never lose your art to rap. You never lose that talent. You can stop and you can wait and you can, it, you can. It can get more advanced, but you never lose your ability to rap. They literally have to take your voice away for you to lose that talent. If you know how to write and you know how to rap, that stays with you forever.
1: Now, nah. to go back to what you said. Um, those artists that we be listen to, even though some of them are passing away and have passed their careers were not over, just appeared that way here in America, but they did. They, they still did their thing overseas. So that's the good thing about music on a global spectrum. What may not be doing you good where you are now, doesn't mean it doesn't happen for you somewhere else. And you have hit makers. You have, like, the classic type of artists who can make timeless music, music that can be played generations and generations and generations. And then, you know, you have your, here today, gone tomorrow ones. You know your hit makers won't give you great albums, but they're going to give you hits. Hits in today's media make money. You know, commercial media, things like that, radio, things like that. So it makes money. So... Music is more of a business today. It's more of where can you get your music placed. So when you look at the kind of media that's out, they're going to be more acceptable to the music that suits the media that they're trying to put out. This is why I'm getting too deep into all of that. But those artists' careers never die. Because the jizz or the rizzle, they still over there doing their thing.
0: I just <laughs> found the other day that Jeru the Damage is still making music. That's-
1: over there doing his thing. Exactly. And I was
0: shot doing his thing up in New York. So
1: it's not that the careers are over, man, right? but if you if you're intelligent enough that during your whole time of doing your music travels and everything that you do, you know, you can your career has longevity. It's just all in how far you see your dream. You know, how far do you see your dream or your what is your real goal with your music? Like, how far are you trying to go? Are you just trying to make it where you act? Or are you trying to see what the world has to offer and not just where you're from? And that was a good advantage I had, personally, going in the military. I, that's when I took the music more serious, going overseas and seeing the passion that people had. And the Bonhoeffer, as they call it. But they freestyle out there, they got their guitars, they, I mean, music is alive over there. Those people appreciate it, and that's the stuff that it used to be here. So what used to be here is not over there. And the only time you'll hear some of the stuff that you hear, like the Lil Wayne and all of that, the younger cats might be playing it in their cars, going through the cities or whatever, but for the most part, it's in the club on a daily pace on a daily basis people are still listening to artists like common nas michael jackson prince um all these different artists and even some of the newer ones that's on that level so their careers are never over man it just appears that way here because i'm pretty sure curtis blow was doing something over there that's why i asked you like well what was he doing up until you know this happened because he could have been over there still doing something yeah I don't ever believe there's an age limit on talent. As long as you have that God-given talent, you got to find a way to make it work. You can't let somebody tell you you are too old. It is. Are you serious?
0: <laughs> See, I look at it like this. There's artists who broke mainstream that always have success, like artists like Jay-Z, Nas, Michael Jackson, Prince, because they broke mainstream. They are household names. But what about artists like AZ, Royster59, Talib Kweli? People like that, who are incredible rappers, incredible lyricists, may mm-hmm. not have been these spectacular artists that other people are, but you know their names. What about when these guys, when they get to the age where, okay, they get pushed to the side? Because all these artists still make music. A.C. still makes music. Talib just came up with something not too long ago, but you would never know about it unless you really look for Talib. You don't really get But But see, that's,
1: when, that's where the demographics come in. Don't think they've not eaten, man. Cause live Kweli spends a lot of time in Paris, man. He does a lot of projects with Les Nubians. Um, basically, listen to them a lot. So he spends a lot of time in like certain parts of um, France and whatnot. So what? Just like I said, man. Just because you don't hear it here, they doing it over there, and it's a bigger lock that I learned with um, labels from over there in Europe on digital downloads than it is with labels here. It's a lot harder for you to get a leak from something of theirs over there than it is here. I don't understand why that is, but I have noticed that because I used to be into the bootlegging and I was looking for a lot of Bahamadia stuff because she was a female um, MC from back in the day growing up. I I, I loved her music. Her, Heather B., um, and it was somebody else, I can't remember, but... I know who you talking about. Music that music here. that they did overseas, when I was overseas, I heard it, and I remember Audi played some of it before, and I could never, like, I would go to download, and I could never find it. It's like, it was exclusively dropped over there, and you cannot get it unless you're over there. <laughs> so it's like, they got a lot of, a lot of these cats do still do their thing, man, they just don't do it here. Like, your career doesn't stop because you're not hot in America. America has become like a hit-making nation. So it's all about trend, fashion, and, you know, how consistent can you make hits? How many albums have you bought in the past two years, digital download or whatever, where the whole album is banging? Three, and they were all this year. (laughs) They were all this year. The mixtapes hit harder than the albums. Like, yep. come on, are you serious? What yep. you drop for free go harder than what you you putting out for 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 revenue. So I don't know, man. Yeah,
0: that's very I true. I
1: think that's, that's why I like kind of doing it the way I'm doing it. I just I'm just praying to see it on a bigger scale and the, all of the work that, you know, pay off and everything. But I've had my most success with music working with artists from the Midwest, but predominantly the people I work with overseas because it's not even about the work ethic, but it's just about how they go about doing things. It's just, I don't know, man, it's just different. Like I work with producers here, they'll give me a free track or whatever. And then when I send it back, yo, that joint's hot, man. You know, you can have that beat for da, 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 I'm like, yo, okay. I misinterpreted this collaboration. I didn't know this was a paid collaboration. So then I tell them, you know what, it's all right, scrap it, they be like, nah man, I wanna put it out what you it, but you can have the beat. I'm like, nah man, whatever man, next take. So, you know, that's what I deal with, with most producers here in the States, with the exception of the ones that's on my team, you know, that went a little different. But with these overseas dudes, man, it's like they'll hear you on something, and be like, yo, that's hot man, like here's like 15 more, let me see what you can do with that. And before you know it, you got an album, and they will be like, hey, hey, look, it's copyright, this, that, the third. They'll send me paperwork. I sign on it, send it back. Next thing I know, it's official, and then I'm on a record, or I'm on something like that. So it's like, wow, they work so different. Like It's about the love, but at the same time, you're going to still make money. Yeah, you make money on the back end. Yeah, but here it's about the money, and it's less about the love. So... When you find certain artists you can work with where you can build that it's about the love and not about the money, but you know, it's going to come. That's a good team in my book to be working with. And that's what happened in the Midwest. And then that's kind of like what's happening now, like working with my brothers and then working with um, Black Diamond on projects and even my man, Jay Flo, like the, the chemistry on the projects. When I listen to the rough mixes of what we've done so far, It sounds like we're, it sounds like the music that would be played overseas, but we're here. Like, that album is like a representation of where we see ourselves, besides here. Because the vibe is not even the type of hip-hop vibe you actually even really hear today. But it'll be something that I can recall that I would hear over there, that they would be into. So, yeah, man, I kind of went all over the place on that one. You can't be talking about music with me. That was perfect. (laughs) That was perfect. But, yeah, man, um, after being overseas, careers can last a long time, man. If you are really creative with your, you know, your artistry, your lyrical ability, whatever it is you can do in this industry, you can go, like, super far over there.
0: Cool. Final topic that I got off the top of my head. All of these things coming off the top of my head, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: The election <laughs> is less than a week away. Hell uh, yeah. So it's three, four days left till hell happens. What do you think is going to happen?
1: <laughs> Until what happens? Hell. <laughs> the apocalypse. What do I think? What what do you think is going to happen? I did a lot of talking recently. What do you think think is going to happen?
0: that whoever wins what I'm seeing, America's going to lose. I hate saying it like that, but that's how I really feel right now because as of late, this country has been so divided upon this issue where Trump supporters are doing bullshit. Clinton supporters are doing bullshit. It's beyond ridiculous. Did you see the thing happened with the um, the uh, black church? No, what happened? A Trump supporter burnt at a black church. And where was this? I don't remember exactly where it was at, but they they um painted on the church, spray painted on the church, "Vote Trump." Of course, the Trump. You know, Trump's camp vehemently denied anything and do what it said. This is wrong. But that's not the point. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. Let me see if I can find the story. But the thing about it is. You're about to make me look that crap up. Are you freaking kidding me? Stop playing, man. People taking it there now, man. It was in Mississippi. The FBI has opened a civil rights investigation into the vandalism and burning of a black church in Mississippi. Vote Trump had been sprayed painted on the wall. Local authorities are still searching for the person or people responsible for the fire, which they have identified as arson. When the firefighters arrived at Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church Tuesday night, they found it in flames and the vote Trump slogan written in silver spray paint on the outside wall of the church. Now, see, this is my problem with the whole thing. This is what I've been saying before. Not all Trump supporters are racist. Let's get out of the way right now. But the problem is, is that people are going out there doing things in his name that may not be what he wants. Because, yeah, Trump says a lot of things that can be racist, a lot of things that are fucking stupid. But I don't think that's the core of his person. I don't think he will. I don't think he approves of a black church getting burned down. I don't buy that shit in one second. And it's sad that if this man loses, and if Hillary Clinton loses for that matter, you have these radical extremists that are going to probably be doing things like this. We've gotten to the point where it's gotten so sad, volatile. Man. Yeah, It's very sad. People are getting very volatile about this election. And it's getting the to the point election where... election year. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's sad That's because true. it's almost to the point where no matter who wins, America's going to lose. Because if Clinton loses, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to have these radical Hillary Clinton supporters going, maybe going crazy and doing crazy shit. And if Trump loses, you're going to have these radical Trump supporters doing shit like this. And it's absurd. And it's sad. That our country is this divided over an election. And what scares me about that?
1: elections since, since, man. You forgot about the great divide with that with last Obama election. Yeah, but Race even. played a part in that one, too.
0: But even after that, the country, it wasn't this bad. And the country was, Obama got elected, everybody got fell, fell in line. It wasn't like, okay, fuck this. We gonna start rioting and stuff like that. I think if Trump loses, it might actually be some riots. Because Trump is fueling the shit by saying, oh, the election is going to be rigged if I lose. And they've asked him several times if he loses, will he concede the office? He's basically said, fuck no. And it's going to be a problem. Even, even with the Bernie Sanders supporters. They are very volatile that Bernie Sanders didn't win. And add on to the fact that it, he basically got pushed out of office. That that Democrats did everything in their power to keep him from winning. They are very volatile. They do not like that fact. And the fact of the matter is, all these things coming out. You remember the
1: scandal with the emails during that time too.
0: And it happened again. Did you hear about that part?
1: Yeah, I heard about that. They did
0: another investigation that just came out today that um they didn't find nothing again. But that's a whole other story because I'm starting to feel like they did that shit just. To fuck with the election. Cause it came at a so convenient time. Well, okay, oh, we found more stuff that we're gonna check out their emails. Right around the time where everybody's start already starting to vote. So I think they kind of tried to skew the election a little bit. But so much stuff is coming out about both sides. And neither side looks good after, after this stuff. It look they look worse than they did before. And it makes you look really looking at it and be like, I don't want none of these clowns in office. And it's sad. It's really sad. And I think after this election, it's going to take time for the, the country to heal and get back to where it needs to be at. Because right now, we are certainly a country divided. You have, I just hope it doesn't stay that divided. Because you have Trump supporters. You have Hillary supporters. Then you have people who like, I don't give a fuck about either one of their asses. They're both terrible. But we got to pick one. And it's crazy. There's no other way to describe, describe it, but crazy. And this week, Super Tuesday is going to be real interesting. Because the polls have been showing Trump up, Hillary up, Trump down, Hillary up, Hillary down, flipping back and forth. And this election is probably going to be a lot closer than people think it's going to be. And if you get a real close election and Trump loses, they're gonna most certainly say this shit was rigged. It's gonna be hell to pay. Man,
1: I'm I'm praying that you your hypothesis is not gonna be an exact.
0: <laughs> I hope not,
1: but it's. Cause I was already feeling that way, but just to hear you say it, the way you just said it, it's like, man, I hope not.
0: <laughs> Cause just look at the things Trump has said lately. About how and Republicans have been saying the shit too. They're going along with it. That how it may, the political system is rigged. The election might be rigged if he loses and stuff like that. These people out here who are voting for him don't want to hear that shit. That's the no, wrong no. message to send out. If they felt like this election is rigged, shit gonna go down. Cause Trump tapped into people who have been tapped in before poor white Americans who feel like they're getting shitted on by everybody. Now they come out and drove to vote because for the longest time, when it comes to elections and it comes in in the political sense, the constant theme is that Democrats start rushing and starts paying attention to black voters and says, okay, we're gonna do this for you. We're gonna do that for you. We're gonna look out for our black voters. We're gonna look out for the minorities. And do better for them, then when they get in office, they do nothing for minorities. Now, Trump has tapped into the poor white voters like that, in a sense where he said, you know what? Your jobs have been taken away, those places you work at have been closed down. I'm gonna get your jobs back. I'm gonna make it back the way where it used to be, where you had these plant these plant jobs and your little small communities where you were making your money, you were making a living for yourself. I'm gonna bring this back to you guys. And now they have somebody who they can lean on, even though he may or may not do what he says, they feel like this is their guy. He's gonna bring back jobs to them. And for him to say things like, oh, the Lexus is gonna be rigged, this, this, this happened if I do win, it's almost like pulling a rug under them. Cause they are going hard for him.
1: I mean, just based off what you said happening in Mississippi, man, that is that is a scary. That's a scary hard.
0: <laughs> it's a hard reality, though, man. It's that the fact that I'm not saying it's all Trump supporters, but there are supporters out there
1: that are just like extremists.
0: Exactly. Almost like a They're no
1: different like than terrorists. terrorists.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, you're going to be
0: afraid to say it. Yeah. Y'all are terrorists.
1: That's essentially <laughs> what it is. We see y'all as terrorists. And I it's, you're doing terrorist like things.
0: And it's on both sides. I don't want to just sit there and down Trump.
1: Terrorists always do extreme things and extreme measures for causes they believe in. Yeah.
0: But I'm dreading Super Tuesday, honestly. I'm really dreading it. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna
1: watch, but you know, Great, man, come with me. It's going to happen anyway. Yeah. So, see, you just gloomed the podcast with this one here, man. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, I'll bring it back up then. Did you see that the Cubs won the World Series?
1: Well, I've seen it all over the news. I know Dwayne Wade is happy.
0: Yeah, it was the,
1: isn't.
0: yeah, that made me happy. <laughs> that was the only
1: reason I paid attention, because of that bet between them two.
0: It was the first time the Cubs won in 108 years. Wow, they suck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It took them a century to not suck. A century and eight years to not suck. Yeah. That's pretty rough.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Baseball has been going for that long? Baseball has been around for a long time. I think it's one of the earliest sports. Uh, What the f***? Really? (laughs) Yeah. I think since the early 1900s. Was baseball? Wow. 108 years. That's been a ball club for a century and two scores? Yeah. That is crazy, isn't it? Heck yeah. Okay. MLB. think about 42 and Babe
1: Ruth in a different perspective, man.
0: (laughs) The MLB. Was basically founded in the year 1869. Jesus. With the first team was the Cincinnati Red so- Stockings. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 1869. 1869. Oh. Jeez. Okay. That's why them dang on baseball players make so much damn money. <laughs> yeah. So, MLB was, they said, I'm getting two points. I'm getting it was founded in 1903, and the National League was founded in like 1876. So, baseball has been around for 100, roughly 113 years. That's a long time. Never. Congratulations to them for winning, man, because
1: I wanted Dwayne Wade to win the bet. So,
0: I did too. They made that possible. I'm glad he won that bet. So what else you got to
1: add on that topic?
0: No, it's just they won. I'm just trying to, it's good for them. Okay, I'm trying to find out a day that basketball was born to give you some kind kind of contrast. The National Basketball Association, known as the NBA, Was born in nineteen forty nine. Wow! So that tells you how long baseball been around. Football. Oh, let's look up that one. That's
1: got to be kind of like close to baseball, but then again, it may be close to basketball. I think it is.
0: NFL was founded. In 1920 Wow baseball is old as hell <laughs> yeah yeah that's why don't cats make
1: so much bread how can you get one player 360 million
0: I'm like yo you just made him the richest athlete ever <laughs> you know what I find interesting about baseball mm. the fact that a lot of their players are old as hell they play baseball for a long time time
1: baseball wears down on you but over time it's like one of those sports that wears down on you the least unless you know you're taking them enhancement drugs and you're trying to knock stuff out the park and you know you're messing up your your sockets and ligaments and things of that sort but for the most part when you look at every other sport contact sport at least well baseball is not it is contact by accident but it's least strenuous they're not taking nothing away from their talent now, but it's just really least strenuous. Like, I, I worked at a stadium, and watching the game, I'm sorry. Like, I love to play baseball, but I'm sorry. Baseball is boring to me. It's it is very boring. It's a... I can't sit there and watch nine innings. Like, I'm not enjoying that.
0: <laughs> I, I always found baseball f- fun to play, but yeah, not fun to watch. I love to play it,
1: but I don't like watching it. It's like golf. Golf is fun to play, sucks to watch. Yeah. So it's lacrosse. Fun to play. Sucks to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, man. I agree hundred percent.
1: Well, man, what you wanna what you wanna close with? Huh?
0: That's a good question. Is there anything else that we need to bring up? I
1: mean, nothing I can
0: think of. Ooh, excuse me.
1: It's that working, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to think no, of anything no, no. that
0: happened this week that we can bring up that we can talk about. It. Any final things that happened this week? I don't want to talk about nothing dread. Doom and gloom. Final right. things happened
1: this week. Uh, I, got, I got off one job. And then for the weekend I worked the other job. The offense won, though, so yeah. You know. They won? The yeah. Oh,
0: that's a shock.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a pretty good game. I didn't get to see much of it because i I'm mostly be working during the game. But, yeah, man, they won. They did pretty good. I don't remember if – if I think UM lost. I don't know. I ain't really even been paying attention to UM lately. They, they kind of been disappointing me and stuff. But, yeah, that's pretty much how my week ended and began because that was all the day. You
0: know, so, go Dolphins. Go Dolphins. Oh, I know what we can talk about Dave Chappelle's gonna be on Saturday Night Live. Huh?
1: When that what like kind um a regular?
0: No, he's gonna be hosting on November twelfth. That next week. Then that's next week. I didn't even
1: know Saturday Night Live still was
0: coming on. I knew it was coming, I just don't watch it. But I will watch it this upcoming week for Dave Chappelle. I haven't nah. seen Dave Chappelle on TV in so long. I man. wish he would have did another season, man. But you
1: know, we'll get into that show another time, too.
0: Well, the, touch on it real quick. What was your favorite Chappelle sketch?
1: The Prince one, man. I like the <laughs> remake too, but that Prince one had me rolling, man. Like that, the Prince one.
0: Gabe blouses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he was in the air like forever, man. <laughs> and the way Charlie Murphy was like describing it, like, like, like the Rick James one was good. But I the love Prince the Rick one James one. Was so Much better, man. I think the Prince one was like so much better.
0: I love the and Rick James Pancakes, bitches. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> <fan.
1: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Charlie f- Murphy. How about we play a game?
0: Blouses. <laughs> I was like, and the look on his face as he's doing it, it's like, yo, this dude is a fool, man. Right? Oh, man. So many great stories, man. Chappelle's show was just a masterclass in comedy. I, that is the only shot I could watch in What
1: else? I, I liked what he did at the end of his shows, letting real hip-hop artists perform. And music. Ah, and you just brought back to another thing I want to talk about. I Guess love who that. Th- that was the dopest thing about his show, besides it just being funny as hell.
0: Guess who's <laughs> performing tonight, Chappelle, is going to be there? Who? Tribe Called Quest.
1: Uh, minus. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yo, remind me of that, man. Remind me when I comes so I can't see you.
0: I will, definitely.
1: Because that's going to be worth seeing. I want to see that one.
0: Yes. Chappelle show. Chappelle show. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do the rest of that. You better not bring, you your, bring kids. your
1: kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then he always started with the dead prayers joint, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like yo, yeah, yeah. like his tribute to hip hop doing his show. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. But yeah. alright. We don't win enough. Yeah, we did. They got other teams to do. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. So, what you wanna, what you wanna, how you wanna close, man? Let's
0: close. All right, let's give all that information. Thank you for listening to the Mike Drop Podcast. We appreciate you. We really do. Follow us on Twitter at the yes, Mike Drop okay. Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. Like us, subscribe, and share on iTunes. It's at the Mic Drop Podcast on iTunes. Please do that. Like, subscribe, share. We got some cool things coming up for you guys. We want y'all to listen and stick stick around for the ride. It's going to be real cool. Give out your information out. I was going to just say follow
1: all the information that he had put out. But you can also go to gcmg305.wordpress.com. And find out all things grew city. That indeed. is all I will say.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and one day I'm gonna do a show in a different voice,
0: man. Watch me? <laughs> do it in the
1: I'm voice of Hindu, one of them Hindus that keep calling my phone, bothering me about a damn bill that I done forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> or it. an Arab trying to give you some gas discounts.
0: <laughs> do it in the voice of uh Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. Oh damn man. <laughs>
1: It's so
0: all yeah. Yes, I love that show. All right, y'all. Well, this is I Am Vision. This is Delvin Cox. Mike Drop Pod. We are out. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host.
1: In a native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield
0: is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true.